When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That was the first time I'd ever seen uh, a bear on a leash drinking honey. First first. time. (laughs) Yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural second take of the Rooting Around podcast featuring Thomas Weiser or Tom. I don't know why I said my full name. Tom. Do you want me to say my full name as well? Yes. Ed Paquet. 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 And Kevin Murphy. I always pronounced it Paquet. Well, because you I, pronounce I, I, it however you want. It's not an English name, so in English you kind of got like a wild card. Yes, I, I suppose. So we are going to talk about um, adventure, travel, and anything else that somehow spills out of our mouth on the way. Ed, you're recently back from somewhere. Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. How was Scotland? It was good. Uh, no, not much rain, but it was pretty cold. The views were really good. At times, I didn't feel like I was in the UK, which, no offense, but it was pretty good because England's a bit samey, samey everywhere. Yeah. And going up to Scotland, it, it, the scenery changes completely, and I really liked it. I'm, I'm personally very intrigued to hear more about, um, about Ed, Ed's little. I almost called you Egg then. <laughs> I feel like this is going to become like my little Freudian slip. I'll call you Egg for the next. For the, no, it's it's well-meaning. Um, oh, I yeah, want to sure. hear egg. all all about your. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of egg puns. Egg him like, on. Like, oh, egg him oh. on with telling story. Um, I want to know everything about Ed's trip uh, to Scotland because it wasn't just to Scotland. We drove from Lands End to John and Groats without maps uh, for a bit of a challenge and without getting on the motorways, and it was actually surprisingly easy. Um, our knowledge kind of like of like cities stopped after Worcester, I'd say. So it's like, a very it's a very southern thing, isn't it? We've been in the south. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I mean, we we made it to Manchester on like day two. Uh, how, how did you travel? Was it driving? Uh, driving, yeah, just yeah. driving a car. Um, mm. But Manchester was a bit of a struggle because <laughs> we didn't plan much and. It was a Saturday, I think, and it was a bank holiday weekend, probably the sunniest like weekend since the start of the year as well. So every campsite was fully booked. And obviously, because we didn't know where we were going to be, uh, we hadn't booked anything. Uh, so we got there in the evening and we we're like, OK, what now? Just phoned so many campsites and they were all fully booked and had been booked for weeks as well. So there was no chance we were getting anything. We ended up... Um, 
finding a, a hotel next to Manchester Airport. So, you know, not not oh, one nice. of those great hotels. Serious adventure going on right there. <laughs> you know what? It was about to be very luxurious as well because it said it had a pool. So we're like, okay, a pool, £23 for, for a room. Bit dodgy, but, you know, never know. It might be nice. And we got there at like six, maybe. And they said, yeah, no, the pool closed at three. <laughs> so <laughs> all we had was a, a did shit. You, did you look at the pool like did you look through i imagine there's like a glass there's a set of glass doors literally a glass you just look through longingly <laughs> yeah just what one tear just rolled down your eyes it's a pretty good description to be fair but it was it was pretty crap um it was really warm and then i went downstairs to watch a football game i think it was the Champions League final and uh while i was there someone got arrested uh for domestic violence in another room so that's like the mood in the in the hotel after that it was great we left um and drove up made it to carlisle and that's like the last city in england before scotland and then just drove across the border in wild camp what nice i was gonna ask well, I've got two questions to ask you. Oh, that's a lot. What are your thoughts on Carlisle? Is part one. <laughs> and but the question two is, um, what what is? Uh, I, and maybe you know this as well, Kev. Like, what what are the laws around wild camping in Scotland? It's free freedom to roam, isn't it? Yeah. So you can wild camp anywhere, really, mm. unless it's like private property. You know what it's like in Wales? I think it's sort of free in Wales. If you get permission, you can wild camp. But that's not really wild camping. And it's, no, it's, it's not getting permission. <laughs> no, but I, <laughs> I, I think it's probably similar, but I think Scotland's more renowned for it. Effort. But, well, on well, it it probably isn't similar because Wales isn't famous for it. Um, Wales isn't famous for much. Uh, heroin. Well, well, Newport is quite famous it's, for it's heroin. Like, well, the, is it? Well, they, you inherited the crown from Swansea, as we all know. Thank you. Anyway, I digress. Um, Carlisle. Yeah. Uh, go. So Sainsbury's. Pretty nice. We just stopped there to go to the loo. Nice. But that, that's about it. It sounds like a real adventure. <laughs> <laughs> shit hotel. Oh, speaking of shit hotels, here's a quick word from our sponsor. <laughs> Alpha Guest House is uh, one of the UK's worst guest houses. One of? One it's of. not the, the worst. worst. Yeah, it's um, the worst. One star on TripAdvisor. Here's to you, Alpha Guest House. All right, back to Sainsbury's and Carlisle. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna do a little sort of little jingle, like plum, 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 plum. Alpha Guest House for relaxing times. <laughs> for relaxing times and tetanus. <laughs> for those who don't know what we're talking about, just check it out on the, the reviews on TripAdvisor. Are something else. Yeah, it's Ooh. like it's like the polar opposite of um, overheard at Waitrose. Yeah, the exact opposite. So if that's if that's your your cup of tea, then check out the Alpha Guest House reviews. Carlisle, yeah, it's terrible. Carlisle. <laughs> yeah, Sainsbury's nice, and then we left as soon as possible to just cross the border and find a wild camping spot before it got a bit too late. Weather was great. Carlisle didn't seem like a bad place. Can't tell you much about it. And yeah, wild camping—you can literally just if you see a spot that's nice and. It's not like someone's farm. You can just stop and set up camp. There's quite a lot of people who do it, so there's like spots that are more popular. And um, one thing we're not prepared for is the midges. Mm. I had well, first of all, I didn't even think about it. I thought, well, maybe we'll encounter a few mosquitoes. 
but the Scottish midges are horrible. Yeah. They like eat your face. It's horrible. Uh, yeah, they're renowned they're like for being big boys. No, they're not. They're, they're, they're tiny. They're, they're, they're very tiny, but it's a lot of them. It's like they get in everywhere. So they they had them um, when I, I did a shoot last summer uh, for a project in North Wales called The Bridge, um, which was a reality TV show. But I was working in a container with a Scottish woman, and uh, we were basically sat with our hoods up, tied with a buff here and our beanies down to here and they were getting in everywhere they get into your hair it's and horrible it's so horrible and then she was just sat there she was like i don't know what you're complaining about <laughs> <laughs> and you get like people who, who are more like attractive to midges as well like, yeah. i like midges love my blood but mm. my girlfriend she was just fine well not just fine obviously she got like bitten quite a bit but compared to me like my my forehead was just red just so many dots my hands could still see them yesterday but like, i had like sort of few like spots and my girlfriend was just fine so we just bought like nets and put them over our heads looks a bit dumb but you know if it does a job brother yeah and then and then next day we went to edinburgh uh which was really easy because there's like science edinburgh everywhere in Wales, and <laughs> that'd be a bit weird in scotland uh but once you're in Edinburgh, there's no signs, like nothing at all. Because so you're there? Yeah. Why would you need a sign? <laughs> <laughs> to go somewhere else. Where are we? <laughs> so we Welcome to, to Edinburgh. <laughs> we just had to use a compass, so it was quite tough. But it, it took us like two or three hours to leave Edinburgh. And then we, we just made it north after a while because it's like the sea and everything. It's very confusing. Yeah. So what was the... Was it the first time you've been to Scotland? It was, yeah. I'd never been to Scotland before. What? What cultural and or what, what what's your takeaway from Scotland? What's your what's your short review of Scotland and the Scottish? Then this will live with you for the rest of your life. So choose your words. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll be careful. To be fair, we didn't meet that many Scottish people because you know COVID. You can't really go around and <laughs> thank <meet> goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'd say that it's it's really nice. Like the if you like outdoors and like mountains and stuff. It's definitely a place you have to go to if you're in the UK because it's quite like I, I'm from Europe and you used to like you, know, you can just drive anywhere if you want mountains you drive to the Alps it's not too far if you want to see you drive wherever you want really like France Spain wherever and living in Bristol I kind of miss the perspective you get from mountains you know like seeing in the distance that something is bigger here it's like quite flat even though there's hills and stuff you don't see past the hills. But you really do get that perspective in, in Scotland where you have like proper mountains. Obviously, you've got places like Lake District, Peak District that might have some, and actually Snowdonia in Wales. Um, I would like some perspective, but Scotland really feels like a different place and very remote at, at times as well. It's like you're in the middle of nowhere. Love that. You have some cool wildlife up there as well. They've got um, golden eagles up there, mm. which are <laughs> the second largest species of eagle. Didn't Are they really? Didn't they? I read. I read. Um, it might have been in the Guardian. Sure, my my middle class credentials. Um, Corbin. <laughs> um, didn't they? Didn't they spot like a sea eagle in Scotland for the first time in like a hundred years? A seagull. Oh no, that was no a sea. <laughs> I, was like, I spotted Whoa. many seagulls. Uh, no, a sea eagle. 
No, oh. that was down in, I think it was near the Isle of Wight, because they've got white-tailed seagulls up in Scotland quite regularly, if I'm not mistaken. I may very well be mistaken, but I'm not sure. I think, I think no. Um, but yeah, this this is this viewers and listeners is an example of why you should stay in your fucking wheelhouse. And uh, I'm never going to talk about animals yeah. again. Shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they do have some really cool wildlife up there, though. They've got wildcats, which was I only found out last year. Like an actual species of wild wild cat. Is that really that special? I thought they were so, everywhere, to be fair. I mean, I'd never encountered one. So. I mean, not many people know, know about them, I think. Oh. And they've got Capricili, which is like, it looks like a, not a pheasant, but like a, a grouse. And they, they puff out their chest and they headbutt, they headbutt each other. What about their polecats? Is that a Scottish thing? Uh, I don't know. For who, whoever hasn't noticed yet, Kevin's clearly our animal expert. Nerd. And I, by no means am I an expert. I pretend to be, but no, I just like animals. And no, but you know a lot. Yeah, I can't really contribute much else to conversations apart from animal facts. So, yeah, that's that's animals. Um, and they occasionally get orcas up there as well. I once went on my my mum. Uh, love you, Carol. Um, she's, she's not going to listen or watch this, but I feel like I've done that groundwork now. Um, I once went, I, I've been to Scotland twice in my life. Uh, the most recent time was Stag Do. Stag, Stag, Stag. Probably not seen much of the wildlife there. I saw lots. <laughs> um, yeah, I went, I went to Edinburgh for a Stag Do with uh, my, old, my old boss when I used to be a chef. Um, time before that, it must be when I was about 10. And we did a similar-ish thing to you, like my family, my mum, my dad, and my sister and me. We drove from Swansea through Carlisle. Stopped wow. in Car- spent the night in Carlisle as well. Did you go um, to Sainsbury's? Um, I think, I don't know if the Sainsbury's had been built yet. I'm not sure if... It did look quite modern, to be fair. The, the, the toilet facilities were top-notch. Top. Well, I, I think we stayed in like a travel lodge. I, I just remember my, my one abiding memory of Carlisle was even as a 10 year old thinking it's a bit shit <laughs> but i went to scotland went to oban um and i went up north to like loch ness got like a little loch ness monster toy as you do uh we stayed in inverness and inverness is beautiful um inverness is amazing i quite liked it and we did like a my mum my mum was one of those people who used to like adopt a dolphin you know it's, it's a bit, yeah, of, a, yeah. it's a bit mm-hmm. of a scam have you ever had an animal adopted for you? Yeah, I think I have. a number of them. I've, I've had. I think a, I've had a penguin. I think I've had a seal and possibly a dolphin. I've I had a meerkat adopted for me. It was my my leaving <laughs> that, that kind of makes sense because you look exactly like a meerkat. meerkat. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this dolphin, pick a dolphin name, Flipper. Is that a dolphin? Which, that, was, that which, was, was, which was the seal? Andre. Andre. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was like, "This is where the dolphin. This is where Flipper lives." We're gonna go on a boat tour, go out into the into the fourth? Fourth. Yeah, they call that forts. Forts are like those things like in the bay. Wow. Like a fjord. 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 Ah, yeah. Um so we went out on this little boat trip and she was like, I'm gonna see the fucking dolphin. She didn't say the F words, we were kids. I'm see <laughs> and I paid money to adopt this dolphin. I'm gonna see 
if not my dolphin, a dolphin. We were about four or five hours on this little boat going around and um, the biggest piece of wildlife we saw was seagulls. She came back, she's like, I hate Scotland. Sea eagles or seagulls? No, <laughs> <laughs> no um, yeah, there's uh, chip-eating fuckers. Not, um... There's... Um... There's a resident dolphin in a bay in Ireland. I don't, I don't know what you would call a fjord in Ireland. Fjord? Fjord <laughs> Bay? Fucking hell. Um, called Fungi. In, Fungi? Yeah. In, um, fucking hell, what's the place called? Uh, somewhere, can't remember. But they, he's been living there for like 30 years. And you go out on boat trips and you get your money back if you don't see him. And there's lots of speculation as to why he's there. Because they normally social animals and they live in pods and things like that but uh yeah he's just this lone male and uh he just follows the boats every time some people think that he's um he's had a an accident and had a head injury so he can't communicate with other dolphins but uh yeah is it is it like the, like he's the dolphin equivalent of those people who fall asleep have a mini stroke and wake up with a Jamaican accent. <laughs> He's just been ostracised <laughs> by all the dolphins. Completely different frequency. Did, yeah. Did you read about that um, that walrus that just sort of arrived? Yeah. In, arrived in, have you heard about this, Ed? No. This podcast is slowly becoming an animal facts one, but there was so you know Tembi in South Wales. Yeah. Um, the jewel in the crown of the South Wales Riviera, Tembi. On, on the Costa del Camargo, yeah. Um, well, a few months ago, maybe a month, a month and a bit ago, uh, a walrus just turned up. He'd come from Ireland. I'm not sure if he was an Irish walrus. Walrus, probably not. Um, we spent about a month just chilling out in Tembe. Got hit by a boat because <laughs> chilling out. Yeah. They're massive, <laughs> and you can't avoid them. Uh, and then he uh, he fucked off. Yeah, without, yeah I think enough. he's. I think he's in France now. Without as much as a thank in you. In France, he. That's not really the climate, is it? No, neither is, neither is Wales. Um, does Luxembourg have a coast? It's no. from Luxembourg. He's Luxembourgish, and it's very much landlocked. Oh, okay, me and Kev rivers. Yeah, no, we've got rivers. We've got one could, lake as well. Is there is there any way that a walrus could <laughs> get access to Luxembourg? I think he must get get very very lost. I don't know. There's, I'm sure, like if you get few rivers. Mm. You might end up in Luxembourg, but I don't. <laughs> okay. Me and me and Kev were talking about about you, not not in like a way. In, in more of a, we were, we were basically I asked Kev like, where are you from in Luxembourg, and then that that sort of snowballed into he's probably for, like I don't know how many villages or towns you have in Luxembourg. I know you have a city, the capital, which is where I'm from. And then we were like, he's probably from Luxembourg Street, and then we were like, <laughs> he's probably from like flat flat B. In Luxembourg, because we just assumed that there's like eight flats in Luxembourg. I don't know how many words in Luxembourg. Nine letters in Luxembourg. Yeah, let's go with that. Nine. Nine. There's nine apartments in the country. You're from flat B on Luxembourg Street. I mean, to be fair, most people, I don't think people understand how Luxembourg works. Like, obviously, it's tiny. It's super tiny. It's like, is there Sainsbury's there? No. Oh, because it's a British brand. Is there a car four? No. Oh, actually, there might be now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it is a fringe like supermarket, so I'm not exactly sure. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've been back. To be fair, but like, it's tiny, very tiny, the size of like if you look at population, size of a city here. But we've got everything. Like it's it's not like we you know Sainsbury's. Well, 
or walruses. Okay, you've got a point. We don't have everything, <laughs> but we have what we need. You know, more than like three flats. So like, there's one big city that would be like a small town here, mm. Luxembourg City. And then there's like two more that we consider cities, but are definitely towns here. And then the rest is villages, but like there's quite a lot of villages. Like not everyone lives in the city. Most people live outside the city, I'd say, but can't work in the city. What do people do in Luxembourg? <laughs> aside, aside from just make paper, make, and hold it, <laughs> yeah, keep aside, it for aside, everyone. Aside from just host shell companies. I don't know, space mining is like a, a new thing. So privatising space, which nice. is debatable. Which, I, I own a bit of Mars. Do you? And, uh, a bit of the moon. It's, it's quite similar to sponsoring a dolphin, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Basically, you got a bit of dirt that's really far away. Sorry? you got a bit of like dirt that's really far away and yeah. stones and stuff. Uh, well, someone just gave me a piece of paper that said... <laughs> so you own a, a bit of Mars? Yeah. You're going to charge... Musky boy, grand. Guys. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's gonna put his. He's gonna penetrate Mars, and get all of its uh, juices. Then you'll be sending in parking tickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Parking <laughs> for his Tesla or what? Well, for we know for uh, for his for his space activities. Yeah. We're parking on uh, on Kev's. Spot. I'm gonna call it Mars's Luxembourg. And I'm going to charge Elon Musk to set up a shell company there. What if Luxembourg buys it first? I already own it, so they're going to have to buy it off me. Oh, true. But they might have bought it before you as well. To be fair. Prove it. I've, I've got, got the paper. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have it? It's an A4 print out. Yeah. Probably like with like a little frame around it as yeah, well. Yeah, no, I've got a little frame. And then it fell off the wall and broke. So. Who, um, who did you get it off? I don't mean who gave it to you. Who is the issuing authority? Oh, um, buyabitofmars.com. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are, they, are they a NASA affiliate? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds legit. It is super legit. They even say, Kevin Murphy, you own this bit. And they put a little GPS marker. I suppose How big like, is your bit? Uh, I think it's just um, a metre by a metre. So you could put this table there? Probably, we could probably over. record a podcast on the meter button. That's the Kevin, the Mars button. <laughs> Close enough. No, not Mars. There's one that might Where's Mars? There's Mars. Close enough. See, just down there, that bit there yeah. is mine. Would you? Would you go to if if in the hypothetical world, let's sort of dovetail back into travel a bit. Would you go to Mars, Ed? If and I'm going to put a caveat on it, if you couldn't come back. Oh no! But you not. don't. You're you're not entrusted on this hypothetical Mars trip with the population of new species. So you're not you're not going there just to yeah, see the Martian do? race. Oh, well, I know because well, all, that Ed, be the all only... Ed wants to do is get down. That um, would be the only good good thing about it is go and see. An empty desert with nothing on it, and make as much love as humanly possible, or Martianly possible. But with who did I miss something? Elon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'd rather stay then. Where would you go? If I could just go and come back and come back, 
probably that'd be pretty cool more about like the trip than the place itself because i mean i don't know the place might be really cool but the trip must be mental with those legs as well you get super uncomfortable unless you're unless you're in business class depends like you know how do how do you cope on on planes because i've got really short legs yeah you're lucky uncomfortable um are you uncomfortable not now but on planes (laughs) (laughs) uh to be fair like it depends on the planes i know that air buses are usually better uh Right, you've, you've, you've gone just, into this granular. Oh, it's because... Uh, this uh, is, have you prepped for this question? Yeah, 373. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like, the, I think the seats are wider. I might be trying shit. I don't know, but I just have a feeling that I've always had a better flight when it was an Airbus. Um, but, you know, your shit airlines like Ryanair are great, but shit at the same time. Um, it's just taking, never taking any space. Sponsors again. Oh, I'm sorry. I did say they're great. But shit well, I think we can all agree that they're not. Well, yeah, they've got many issues, Bad. but you know, at the same time, it's cheap. Me and um, me and Kev actually, um, we we worked on an event together in in South America and Peru, and uh, two of the guys who were taking part were they designed. Do you remember this? They designed aircraft chairs. Yes. And we asked them. We, we didn't ask them. We confronted them. We were like, oi. They were, they were Dutch. What are you doing? What? Come here. <laughs> you. <laughs> and we were like, why, why are the... I don't I can't remember what they said now, but like, this is a really terrible story. <laughs> Comfort versus money. Is that what their answer Basically, was? Basically, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. pretty... Like, why are they so uncomfortable? Predictable. Just that. How would you... I, I mean, this is not a design podcast by any means, but how would you... I, I don't know how you could make well, a chair think, more comfortable with the room that you get. The, the chair is fairly comfortable, but it's just a space for me. Like, yeah. I just, like my knees are literally in someone else's back, I think which as, is not ideal for anyone, really. As you can see, Ed, from the way I sit, I'm, I'm, I'm a very much a cross-legged sitter. Um, I think if all airplane seats, seating arrangements were designed so that you could be narrower and sort of cross-legged, you could probably fit more people in. Yeah, but everyone has to do that. Everyone would have twisted hips and a really bad back. Well, I, I have both. You of, would I'm be wide. a very bad I have influence. both of those things, and yet <laughs> this perseveres. And I'm wide. I mean, I'm not the widest person I've seen on an aeroplane. But, you know, sometimes they're a little bit tight on me. And, you know, I'm quite wide set. I'm not buff. I'm just fat. I'm slightly buff. <laughs> <laughs> um... What's the um? What's the worst flight you've ever you've ever taken? Oh, actually, no. We'll, we'll do your worst flight, and then I know I'm gonna segue into the worst journey you've ever done. The worst flight. Um, I've actually got one for that. There was a flight back from Romania that made me. I I got comfortable with flying. I was always a little bit nervous when I was younger. And then I got completely comfortable with flying. And then it was a flight from Romania back to the UK that made me scared again. And there was a point that it felt like we were free falling for about five seconds. Not even exaggerating, not just a little jump, but it was just like a, there was a moment where Where everyone kind of just went silent. And it was just like, uh, uh, oh, oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I couldn't work out whether or not it was just me feeling weird or the plane was falling out of the sky and it was the plane falling out of the sky. Um, 
But then there was another flight on the way to Australia where we were um, sat next to someone who was giant. Um, and they took up half my seat. Probably was quite shit for them as well. Yeah. yeah I mean, I not saying it's better, but... They might, yeah. have, they might have had two seats. And they were like, I can't believe I had to share one half of my seat. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, that was that was unfortunate. It was very uncomfortable. So because Amanda's smaller than me, she took the bullet and sat uh, essentially on on the lady's it's lap. It's a long flight. Oh, was it, it was, a, yeah. was it a lady traveller? It was a lady. Yeah, they're allowed to travel on their own now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was uber uncomfortable. Um, but it was more more the fear. I did get to fly business class once though, which was divine. I didn't pay for it because I am poor. So, um, but How, was that? Did you just go way back from Peru? Back from Peru. It gave me an upgrade because I've got epilepsy. So, oh. yeah, I had a seizure. So why did? <laughs> uh, did you have a seizure before and then? Yeah, yeah, and then I got an upgrade. Oh, okay. So, do you have a seizure in Peru? Yeah. Ah, uh, of course. The second Not one. Not the second time you were there. Yes. Yeah. I've been to Peru twice, you know. Um, but yeah, I had a seizure and then... Neither uh, of them gap years. No. <laughs> but I can't say that BA upgraded me. It was the people that we were with got me an upgrade because they felt sorry for me. Um, but business class is the tits. I mean, I bet for like... How long is that flight? Like seven, nine hours? It's longer than that, I think. Really? The one from... Like, I think it's was like it, 10. Was it, was it direct to Gatwick? Yeah. It was a monster, Big but guy. it was... <laughs> You get a, a TV screen. It's not even a small monitor. You get a TV that folds out in front of you. You get a thing that goes up so you get your own little cabin thing. Your seat goes horizontal. You get a duvet, not a little blanket, a feather pillow, <laughs> actual glasses, actual cutlery, as much hot food as you want. And then they give you a menu and say, what time would you like to be woken up, sir? And you get an hour and a half before where you get woken up with a full English breakfast and you get an hour before where you get pastries or then half an hour where you just get a cup of coffee and like a snack. So I woke up an hour before and had the full English breakfast and then an hour before I had all the pastries <laughs> and uh, I couldn't breathe when I got off the plane because I was so full. I My my flight, I've only been to Peru once, so I'm... I'm... I feel a little bit. How many times have you been to Peru, Ed? Never been to so, Peru. At least, why, at least we must get out of here. I'm glad we've established. Oh, the if you want to go to Peru, let us go. No. Nope. I mean, it could be. Yeah. Well, let's but, just pretend. Yeah. Um, I, I, me and Kev worked in Peru, as, uh, as I mentioned earlier, and um, I flew out there. I, I took a flight. You fl- basically to get to, the main way. The main way to get to Peru from the UK is you either fly through uh, an American connection, like Miami, Texas, and then you go down, um, or you fly through Spain, and Spain is like the gateway to all Latin, mm-hmm. South American countries. Um, so I changed in Madrid. Uh, it was like a little quick flight from London to Madrid. I had a couple of hours in the airport, and a long, a long old flight from Madrid down to, to Lima, like you know, 11, 12 hours. Something. I am... Um, I had about four Valiums uh, in my house. Um, I took them, took them to Madrid, got on the plane, took off. And the stewardess came around and she's like, do you want to join anything to drink? 
He's like, I would like to have two bottles of red wine. Like mini bottles of red wine. <laughs> two <No>. liters <laughs> of red wine, please. Um, so I had, I had two little bottles of red wine, took, took the four Valiums. Four Valiums and two bottles of wine? Little bottles of red wine. <laughs> I just... I'm actually reading up on Valium recently and it can stop your heart if you're drinking with it. Well, unless... unless <laughs> That's um, death. Unless I'm doing this podcast posthumously. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and then I had just like the most relaxing flight ever. It was, it was great. I woke up somewhere over Caracas. And <laughs> I was like, great. And that's my story. Oh, I took cool. Valium on a plane. But you, you guys know a lot about Russia, right? What is that um, airline that is actually like um, the equivalent of Ryanair, like a low cost? F7 or Air Yes, Air that one. No, no, Pabieda. Pabieda. No, I mean, they're all... Oh, yeah, no, is that blue? Pabieda. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that one. So I, fl- I flew back from landing day to Moscow to then fly back home. And there was two options, either like one fairly early um, with, pod, how do you call it? Pabieda. 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 <laughs> and the other one was S7. And to catch my second flight, I needed to get the earlier one. So I just got it. You know, I didn't really know anything about Russian airlines. And I got to the airport and they were like really, really checking the sizes of the bags. And I was like, oh, they no. They take it seriously. Like, they take Russia. it like, like more seriously than in Europe, right? So it, I was really struggling to actually board the plane because I had to like negotiate basically to not pay the fee and like kind of stuff my bag into their like, you know, measuring thing, uh, which is really tough when, you know, you don't speak a word of Russian. Uh, and then I got on the flight, you know, ready for my pretty long flight. And it's like seven, eight hours, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Mm. And in my experience, a seven, eight hour flight is always international. You know, I've never done it in one single <laughs> yeah. country. And Russia is massive. But I just assumed it would be a normal long flight. <laughs> but it was a low-cost airline. So it was like Ryanair. They don't give you anything. I wasn't prepared for that. I had no clue. There was like obviously no screens, which is okay. I mean, don't have to watch anything. And also, it, I would not have understood anything in Russian anyway. But there was no food and no drinks. And I had nothing. I was like, oh my God, I should have I should have prepared for this. I was sat next to a kid and a mum as well. And the kid was okay at times, but cried a lot. But I will do my research next time because Russia is a big country. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure if it was international, I would have gotten something, but nothing. S7 sort you out. S7's alive. Yeah, they give the you stale sandwiches. Yeah, it's green yeah. and red, the symbol. Yeah, that yeah. was the one that I missed that my friends took and they were fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pobieda's a pretty rough, rough, uh, yeah. rough airline. My first experience with a Russian airline was flying back from Ulaanbaatar, and it was with Aeroflot. That felt like it was going to fall out of the sky, as it's well. Quite as... Famous airline. I've heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. There's there are three. I think they're the three main ones, right? Tom Tom speaks a lot of Russian and loves um, Russian. Aeroflot's like the national airline. It's like Russian BA. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's a good one. Well, yeah. <laughs> not <in> your experience. <laughs> my bag got absolutely pilfered on the way back. All my money was gone. <laughs> my camera was gone. Uh, I got given some really nice Gerber camping tools. They were all gone, and a few of my t-shirts were gone as well. That's so annoying. Yeah, it was really annoying. And that was at the end of the Mongol rally, so I lost a bunch of my cards for camera cards which oh. you can take anything from me if uh, a, a trip like memories. Money, yeah. whatever but 
yeah, memory cards are, are the, the important things. That's sad. So, Aeroflot. <laughs> One more sponsor off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they would have loved to sponsor this like, English-speaking podcast. Yeah. Alpha Guest House. <laughs> <laughs> Aeroflot is the Alpha Guest House of... <laughs> the skies. <laughs> <laughs> the skies. <laughs> Imagine flying from Moscow to Bristol with that company and then going to the Alpha you, Guest you House. You've got up. the ultimate trip. You get picked up on uh, a yo bike from <laughs> Bristol Airport. Who's shot in drugs all the way home. Um, so I think the, the structure of this initial episode was a story from each of us, wasn't it? Um, and we were going to go through each of these magical buttons. That's Tom's that yeah, given Tom's. everything away. Uh, so we did go through all of these stories, so it's hardly going to be surprising for us on this one, but uh, the well, podcast isn't necessarily for us. Well, we'll feign surprise. Ah, what? what an unexpected <laughs> segment. Um, uh, we should start with yours because yours is amazing. Um, so terrible transportation. It, um, part two, actually, part because two. after the, the plane, after the planes, actually, you didn't say what. Horrible, was horrible. Oh no! Obviously, the it, bags, it nearly sorry. fell out of fell out of the sky, <laughs> and then with Aeroflot, all my stuff got stolen. Um, but my grandmother was there to collect me at the at the airport, and was, collect your tears as well. Yes, yeah, basically, um, it was her and my my great aunt, and they have this bizarre competition: who wants to be the favourite. So they both turned up, and they were like trying to get in front of each other for the first hug. It's quite sweet, but. Uh, they're both lunatics. Um, <laughs> so, speaking of bad transport, as Tom was saying earlier on, we both worked in Peru. And so Tom had the, the task of managing the event, which was uh, monkey bikes through the Andes and stuff like that. Pretty cool. And I was tasked with basically making a film, following all the participants and... Uh, yeah, filming their journey, interviewing them at various points. Um, How long is the actual thing? Eight days, wasn't it? Eight days. Eight days. Um, but thanks to the the epilepsy, I don't have a driving license, so I couldn't get a car <laughs> car of my own. Uh, Why did they choose you then to do the, to make the film? Because <laughs> Kev's good with cameras. I'm not. Yeah. So aside from sending, and sending, I was there sending intimate pictures of myself. That's where my my camera skills. Yeah. Um, Force perspective. <laughs> That's what it's about. Um, so I had to follow all of these people who didn't know where they were going on public transport. So it was jumping on the back of pickup trucks and and things like that. It was really cool, and then. Um, the buses in Peru are kind of, they're renowned. Well, there's, there's a lot of stories about them. And you turn up and you've got all these pictures. And there was, for the same journey, I would say like 20 different stalls advertising different buses. You get all of these like plush looking armchairs that, you know, they go horizontal and you get food. And I was like, I'm going to go for the most expensive one. Went there. So went paid the most expensive uh overnight bus which was like three pound uh for like a 
12, 13 hour journey. What was the cheapest then? I think like 60p or something ridiculous like that. But um, yeah, it was, the buses looked shit. So I was just like, no, but the bus hadn't pulled in yet. So, uh, so I went and paid for the most expensive one. Bus pulled in, um, glorified weekend school bus, um, but coach version. And was so when you say school bus, I'm I'm picturing so I'm, I'm split when it comes to how school bus looks. I'm I'm thinking, was it like a school bus of my childhood, like like a coach bus, like so like National yeah. Express, or was it like an American school bus? No, no, like uh, National Express type, but one of the really old shit ones. Because every time you've retold this story, in my mind, you're sat on like bench seating. No. <laughs> that probably would have been better. A Did bit it have more a room. toilet? Uh, it did, but it was locked because it had overflowed <laughs> and it had overflowed. You kind of had to wade through it to get onto the bus. So you get onto the bus and packed already hot. So I sit down in my chair and I was like, oh, that seat's moving quite a lot. So I'm going to kick back and relax. And I go back and the seat gets pushed forward. And the guy just looks at me and frowns, does this, and I don't speak any Spanish. I can kind of understand a bit of Spanish, so I know what's going on. Um, so I wasn't allowed, clearly, to put my seat back. And uh, so I was sat forward. But then the guy in front of me could put his seat back because I couldn't tell him not to. So his chair <laughs> was like right in my face. And I had no room. My legs, I mean... I think they would have had to cut your legs off to get on there, to be honest. Or added an extra knee. Um, like those like bag size things in at the airport. They just put me in. Yeah, yeah, they just shove, <laughs> shove your legs right in. Um, so I sat there and it was really uncomfortable. And then a chap sat down next to me and he seemed really nice. And he was um, he like Google Translate. He was like, oh, what are you doing here? And I was like... I'm on uh, a trip trying to make a TV show, blah, 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 blah. And then um, I think I messaged him saying, how long is the ride? And he said, long. We travel in fear. So I wrote back to him. Please pray for me because I didn't say this, but it turns out he was a priest. Um, So I asked the priest who was sat beside me to pray and uh and off we went and as we went out of the city it got rockier and rockier and then um the bus got hotter and hotter and we were sat kind of like above the back wheels of the coach so it was really hot and you know when you're like sat on the back of like a school bus or absolutely boiling um so it ended up the priest was beside me like mouth open snoring and I had like, like letting, a, letting God in, letting God in, taking him in and sending out the, the prayers. Um, and yeah, it got absolutely boiling. I was dying for a piss. And I ended up in the situation where I had my shirt completely undone and my trousers undone. So it was just my pants and I had a bandana on and I was pouring water on myself in intervals because then I wanted to make sure I had enough water to last me the journey to drink as well as enough water to keep myself moist. 
<laughs> you should have just you should have taken the when you put some water on you just grab the priest's hands really delicately and be like well I can just uh, give myself a little kiss <laughs> <laughs> like, he wakes up and halfway through it I'm like gotcha oh <laughs> uh, yeah and uh, it was awful so and unfortunately as we went higher and higher through the mountains the roads in Peru are infamous like like this this road did you put this one on or did we just transfer into the story with this in the background we transferred into no, I excellent didn't slick production so i ruined the story um so yeah as we got up into the mountains like this it got colder so me undoing my shirt and covering myself in water was a mistake because i got really cold um but it was really rocky and then i looked out of my window and the wheel that I was sat above wasn't <laughs> on the ground. There was just nothing beside me. And it turns out we were on roads like this because, um, yeah, uh, when the sun came up, I saw what the road looked it like. It was at night? Yeah, this was all at night. <laughs> um, but fortunately, I couldn't see it because I, I, I would have been way more scared, I think. Um, but I knew we were going to high altitude, so I was only guessing. And there were points that we were going through where there were like waterfalls on the right-hand side of us going under the bus and then disappearing into the darkness on the left. So absolutely terrified. And then we stopped and I was like, finally, I can take a piss. And I get off the bus and there's just a row of about 30, 30 people, women, children, all sorts, the priest. Um, some of them are doing poos, some of them are doing wheeze, and they're just in this nice orderly queue, which is the only fucking orderly queue I saw in the whole of Peru. Um, it's the most British, un-British thing ever. I can't really remember. There were no queues. There were no queues. Everyone get in line and bloody do what you're told. Um, so I just kind of joined the queue um, and just did a wee next to everyone. And what then, do you mean a queue? Like they were waiting to? No, it, it was not a, like a nice orderly queue. Uh, They're just next to each only, other. Yeah, it was the only okay. nice straight line of people I saw in the whole country. But they were not waiting or anything. No, they they didn't wait for anyone. They just went wherever they wanted to. And um, so I joined the queue, not the queue, joined the line, and did my business. And then uh, kind of had to step back on the bus and face the the darkness again. And it was horrible. And I survived. Thank you, uh, Father Jose, for getting me through that. It was actually him. Um, his name was actually Jose, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was... When you just said that Spanish, that, that Peruvian gentleman's name, it reminded me of um, probably the exact opposite story. When, again in Peru, when we went to uh, El Rancho de Bruno. Oh, and yeah. When you met the uh, guitarist. Oh my goodness. Oh, his name was Gustavo. <laughs> Gustavo. That was, I, I would say, one of the most magical travel moments I've ever experienced. I was, um, it was after all the participants had left and we were kind of sat down having lunch, so I think. To, to, to set a little bit of context, we were in a, um, a city called uh, Ayacucho, Ayacucho yeah. which is like probably, what, two and a half thousand meters up? Um, Maybe higher. I think uh, yeah. maybe even where we where we launched from. So the city's really high up in the Andes, and then 
and it's just like surrounded by mountains um and this sort of like it's not forest it's not really forest it's more like just brushy yeah and we were another few hundred meters up at this small uh ranch like horse ranch where we did the, the launch for our event from so you look out on this view and you see the city down below the city of like 200,000 nestled in the Andes. that's quite big Twice so mountains everywhere you can see like the the uh, the airport planes coming in and landing below you, so just like, it's amazing like vista of mountain tops. And yeah, we were we were sat down having lunch, amazing view. And um, then I looked over and there was a man with his foot up on a rock, in a completely black suit with a black shirt, with it undone down below his like a button un- unbuttoned shirt like down halfway down, playing an electric. Uh, uh, classical guitar with his hair blowing in the wind and uh, we sat there and I just picked up my camera and I kind of walked over and I was like kind of pointing at my camera and he looked at me and gave <laughs> me a little nod and I've got this video of him like with the city in the background playing and then he finished and he stuck his hand out and he was like hola yo soy Gustavo and I was just like oh oh <laughs> And uh, it turns out he was running for mayor of Machu Picchu in Peru. What? And, Did uh, he win? I don't know. Oh. But he gave me this amazing little Incan golden sunburst badge. And I think that was just to kind of promote promote his uh, mayor, run for mayor. Is but, it far from Machu Picchu? Yeah, really far. <laughs> what was he doing there? <laughs> Playing guitar. Fact. Uh but no, he's, he was kind of talking to me and I was like, that was, I think I said it was magical because I was trying to use a, a word that would, you know, be an obvious translation. But he spoke perfectly good English, it turns out. <laughs> um, and he said, uh, I don't play my guitar. I made, make it cry. And I just, he, he had me. I was his. <laughs> and then he threw me down onto a soft bed of hay. And uh, he kissed me until the sun went down. He didn't kiss me. No, he just. Uh, Did he throw you there? No, oh. no. That's just <laughs> an Get extra, out. an extra bit of spice for for my dreams of Peru. It's a cool country, though. I really want to go. It's it's like epic. I probably would have gone by now if it was for COVID. Like it, it was like in my next like two years plan, like two years ago. Yeah, it's the type of place that. You need months. like months, months. To, to explore it. There's so much to do. You've got Machu Picchu. You've got Cusco. I, there's a thing that happens in Cusco every year. I can't remember what it's called. It's, no, it's like it's like I'm. I, I don't know what the word is in Spanish either. But it's sort of like beef settling, isn't it? It's it's beef settling for an entire city. So if you have an argument with someone, like a proper serious <laughs> argument throughout the year, it's like I'll see you on June 10th. And everyone's like, all right, see you then. And they just gather and... But it's like, in, it's like in an old amphitheater, like an outdoor amphitheater. And anyone who's got some sort of disagreement with someone, man, woman, child, animal, who knows, they get together and they just have a fight. Do people die and stuff? No. Just, maybe. If they die, they die, you know? Is, is, it, te- is, it, te- <laughs> is it televised? I feel like that, that would what? be some sort of... I don't think no, it's I, televised. No, it should I think be televised. It's, I think it's just people turning up and having fist fights and then someone breaks it up and everyone's just like they have a firm handshake and that's it beef settled 
I had a, I had a similar, I've, I've witnessed a similar thing in, um, in, in St. Petersburg. I used to, I used to live in, well, I spent about four or five months living in St. Petersburg when I was 19. Um, and I was there for Russian version of pancake day called Maslenitsa. It's not just Maslenitsa. 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 What what's, is it? What's the translation of that? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Mas- okay. Masla is like, Masla means fat. So it must be like fat, like Shrove like Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday, yeah, Mar- yeah. like Mardi Gras. Um, and uh, anyway, so Maslin is like a week of, Maslin happens on one day. And then like for the whole week, you have like this sort of lead up to Shrove Tuesday or Lent. Start of Lent. Start of Lent, yeah. Um, oh, so it's like, yeah, same, car, yeah, same, same. Um, and I think on, on the, the, third or fourth day you can you can have a fight with someone but provided that you apologize on the fifth day um I don't so you can think. start the fight then yeah so anyway <laughs> so we went to this park in this little little town outside st petersburg called pushkin named after the famous writer um the blank faces <laughs> so that, we're, that we're not fans of russian literature here um anyway but we're on this big like snowy field probably like the size of a football pitch. And on one side, there was about 50 guys. And on the other side, there was about 50 guys. And they all had those... Do you remember when you were a kid and you'd get like a baseball set? And it would just be like a foam a foam bat. Um, and li- literally, someone just like blew a whistle or hit a gong or something. I don't remember how it started off. It wasn't a klaxon. Um, <laughs> and um, these, 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 two, these two groups of people just sort of charged at each other and started beating the shit out of each other with like, foam baseball bats. Excellent. Lasted for about 10 minutes and then they burnt an effigy or something and um, that's, the, that's the first time. And how was like, how were you involved? Like, where were I you? Was, I was purely spectating because... Is I, there a lot of people just watching? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, would you? Not. I would, probably. But not if I was the only one. Bat, I think. That was the first time <laughs> I'd ever seen uh, a bear on a leash drinking honey. First, first time. <laughs> yes. <You're supposed laughs> time. <laughs> How many times have you seen that? More than once. <laughs> oh, Russia. How did that even happen? Though? I just walked through the park and there's just a bloke sitting on a bench with a, with a bear. Not a big bear, it's like a small bear. Um, and then he was giving it a hug. <laughs> in the city? So, like, well, in St. Petersburg? Well, in Pushkin. Oh yeah, sorry. I'm not sure what what still. I'm not sure what St. Petersburg metropolitan regulations are regarding bringing one's bear to town. Um, I think it's like uh, getting onto a flight with a falcon. You can bring your bear everywhere. Do you know about this? No. About, ooh, United Arab Emirates. Emirates. Yeah, Air, Air, is it Air Emirates? Emirates. Yeah, Emirates. The airline. They were like, you were like because falconry is like a, a really a really big um, pastime in the Emirates. You can just bring your falcon. Yeah, like the, extra it's, charge. It's, in, it's encouraged. <laughs> it's encouraged. What do you mean? You get like upgraded to business class if you've got your. Well, if if you, if, I think if <laughs> no, I'm I think it's, I think it's like in. it's quite self-explanatory that if you own a falcon, you can probably afford it. <laughs> yeah. How many aside from the, the movie Kez, <laughs> no one's no one's no one in working in the working class has got a falcon. That's true. Well, maybe over there they do. If it's like a big pastime. That's also true. Mm. 
it's a very interesting point for us to ponder on. So basically, you can just sit on sit on the plane. But um, you get an extra seat for it as well. Well, I think, Falcon, I think you have to buy a, another quite, seat. I'm just, speculating. Just it's, it's quite big. Like a little it's box. not a small bird. It's falcons. You can get little, little diddy things. Little pocket falcons. <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon they charge by, by size of falcon? By the wingspan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if it starts flying, obviously they should probably be actually quite... They put it on a perch. Maybe they put like the little falcon... Is he a little falcon hat? Yeah, yeah. Does that stop it from mm. flying off? It's, it so they, don't, they can't see. But yeah, but presumably because they can't see, no, no falcon's going to be dumb enough to think, "Well, I'm blind in this situation, so I'm just going to." I'm going to go and just start flapping, and then hope for the best. Yeah. Do you think they realise they're on a plane, like they're flying? They can probably don't know tell the pressure difference. But you're in a in a cabin. Yeah, which is pressurised. But their ears pop. Oh yeah. Do falcons have ears? You're you're the you're the (laughs) (laughs) Also, that's clearly not the height they would fly at. So maybe they're very confused. Yeah, I'd imagine so. I wonder what goes through your confused falcon's head when it's flying. <laughs> I, I would imagine that it gets more confused when it lands at its destination. Well, it depends where it lands, I suppose. <laughs> if it's, if it's... Where am I? It's like when you take a fly from like one side of Bristol to the other because it's in your car. Probably like gets to the other side of Bristol and is like, oh, where am I? Yeah. I, I had that well, I imagine... just the other day when I, I went to yours. I went for a cycle uh, when Tom was working. I went for a ride on a bike path. And I was like, right, I'm going to stay on this path for a few miles. And then uh, I saw a man uh, who'd clearly lost a lot of weight. And uh, he had breasts and they were bouncing. So I kind of giggled to myself. And then I carried on. And then... About an hour later, I saw him again, and I was like, and he was in front of me again, and I was just like, what's happened? And then I carried on going, and I came across the same bridge that I went across like two hours earlier, and it turns out I did a big loop without realising <laughs> on the same path, uh, and that was a, a bit of a, a weird moment where I had to kind of check my reality for a minute. It was like a, yeah, what's it called? That TV show. The Twilight Zone. I thought I was in a universe of uh, skinny men with breasts. But I wasn't. I was in God. It has got nothing to do with travelling, but kind of the same idea. Like, What do dogs think about when they get into an elevator and it gets like another floor what do you think (laughs) the magic machine i wonder what humans first thought when they got in them well they probably knew what was going on they built it probably yeah that's true did you know the first ever uh speaking of elevation the first ever hot air balloon was in bristol was it but it was inside a building sounds dangerous yeah which building um, probably uh, a tall one. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, it wouldn't I'm, have been I'm far from here. It probably wouldn't have been too far from here because this is where all the tall buildings are. The old ones, yeah. Alpha Guest House. <laughs> Alpha Guest House coming at you over several floors, <laughs> <laughs> most of which are accessible by stairs. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, where are we going on our journey with Ed or Egg? Actually, that's you know how you said you know the stories. I changed mine. Ooh, Ooh. come at us, Ed. This oh. is the only thing that is different from the first one. So that for... and the mammoth breasts. <laughs> True, and the planes in general. We, we've been quite spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, for those who can't see this, this is just like someone scuba diving. A lot of fish, uh, because I'm going to talk to you about scuba diving, but my experience was very different. Um, actually, I'm not even going to talk about the the moment we dived. <laughs> talk about before. So, me and my dad were in Brittany in France, which is like northern France, pretty cold. People don't usually go there to scuba dive, but we were there and we wanted to scuba dive. Uh, obviously, we didn't know the place, so we just got a guide. Uh, and it was just him and us, so three people, small, like, dinghy boat, like those really small ones. Uh, but before we left, we, we just got changed, obviously. And the guide had, like, one of those dry suits, mm-hmm. so you can just wear clothes underneath. Um, and it's really hard to, like, close him, like, seal them yourself. Usually you need someone's help, and my dad just helped him, like, to close it. And then we got on the boat. Just a tiny boat, like probably the size of this bit where we are. Like three About people. The same size of my plot of land on Mars. Maybe slightly bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but like there's not much space. You're just sat there, and I reckon two more people could have fit it. And that, that's about it. And you know, like those boats have where the steering wheel is, it's like a, a little block mm-hmm. for the steering wheel, like really tiny window. But that thing's not big. Like it can't really cover a whole human, right? It's like not huge. And we were already like in our um, suits and it gets quite warm when you know the sun shines and stuff. So not the most comfortable situation to be in. And we get to the spot, we get ready, and then the the guide says, oh, "I've got like this since this morning. I've got like bowel movements issues." And we're like, "Okay, what is he talking about?" And he says, "And when you're in." In a dry suit, that's like you know sealed completely. Nothing gets in or out. It's not ideal. And my dad, and I, we just nodded. We were like, yeah, probably not ideal. And then he asked my dad to like open it, and I just thought he just farted so much. He just needed to like get out because otherwise he was not. <laughs> he was going to float or something. And uh, so my dad just opened it. I'm like sat on like the side of the boat. I'm just like really questioning what is happening at this point. We're in the middle of the the ocean well not in the middle of it obviously but quite far just the three of us and then the guide says when you're on a boat you don't have any options and you both set a bucket <laughs> you see where this is going now i on i'm i thought it was going to end worse than how this is going well, this, how, how fin- did you finish the story and i'll tell okay. you how i thought it was going to end well and then you know my <laughs> my dad unzipped him he went back to sit next to me and I've got a great relationship with my dad. Like there's never like awkward small talk. Like we just laugh a lot, we speak about anything. And that day it was the most awkward chat I had with my dad because the guy just like undressed fully, basically. Well you get you get his todger out as well. Well, you kinda had to. And <laughs> you were shitting on the little bucket behind that little like block with the steering wheel but you could see that like, half his body I, I didn't see anything i didn't Don't want to see <laughs> i didn't see anything i didn't want to see but there's no well, way well, to go so what did you want to see well 
this anything that wasn't his instrument. Know, yeah. <laughs> but you could hear it. You could hear it like flop onto the like, bucket. Ah, oh, nice. That, so it was, that it was, deep slap. Yeah. And it's like a drum. <laughs> yeah, when you said he was unzipping it, I thought the guy had already gone. And your dad yeah, was true. unzipping it and it was going to spill out everywhere. It could have been a lot worse. And I, I didn't think of that because I was just sat there with my dad and literally a meat next to us. There was a guy who was just shitting. And we had nowhere to go. This is like the sea. You're not going to jump in and just like swim away. So we just sat there and I'm like, oh, yeah, the water looks cold today, doesn't it? Yeah. And that I have like never had like such a shit conversation with my dad. But yeah, that that's basically it, really. It's I, like, I, have you ever been that close to like someone having a shit like, but like in an enclosed space? Um... Uh, kind of there was um, my brother and I shared a room in uh, Sumatra it was your brother oh yeah no I wasn't a stranger uh, it's someone I'd met like 30 minutes ago yeah that's fair no I haven't been that close I don't think I have no congratulations no I, I did see poo come out of a man's bum when I was on a uh, it was in Morocco <laughs> actually <laughs> that was horrible I forgot about that I was um I was going along on a monkey bike and I looked over uh, <laughs> right by the launch site, uh, which is like by the by these beautiful dunes. I was going along this like rocky um, spot that looked a bit like Mars. And I looked over just as a man was bending down. Pull, he pulled up his jalabi, which is those like ankle length yeah. hooded outfits. He pulled it up above his waist and he was just squatting down. Saw everything that was at the front dangling down and then everything at the back and then everything that came out of the back in the f- blink of an eye. And uh, it was just one of those like passing. I I obviously buried that deep down, but just as I went past, I just saw stuff come out of him. It was, yeah, it was awful. Not that I was close enough to hear anything, but I definitely saw, saw stuff. I, th- I thought... I've 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 not had the fortune of seeing that. Fortune, and, um, and I would like to, not not in like some sort of voyeuristic pleasure. I just I think it's quite story to tell. Yeah, interesting story to tell. Um, I feel like I've dug too much into <laughs> my own psyche. Well, I what I thought was going to happen, Ed, in your story was that was that he was. I didn't think he'd shot himself. I I I thought that he was just going to sit over the edge of the boat. Do his do his business, and, and then swim in that. And and then and then he'd have been like, <laughs> "Ready to swim, lads?" And then and then you'd Straight have had that the boat backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see anything on the ground. I was going. Oh no, no, that that would have been horrible. But different time, scuba diving again, and it was me this time, not shitting or anything, but like puking because I got really like it was on the way back and we were getting on the boat and there was like at least six people and I get seasick really easily, which is a bit, you know, inconvenient when you get on boats and you scuba dive and stuff. But when you're on the water, you don't really feel the waves. Mm. And when you're like close to the, to the um, surface, you like really feel the waves and you, and you have to like stay at five meters for a while. If you scuba dive for like over 45 minutes or something. So we were there for like a while, just, at five meters and I really felt the waves and I was feeling really sickly and 
basically I got on the boat. I was the first one to get on the boat and I was really feeling awful. But I didn't like puke or anything until like everyone was up and I was still like feeling awful. And then we didn't leave because it was fair, good reason to leave. There was a massive um oh my god, what are they called? There's those ancient animals with, like shells. Turtle. <laughs> Turtles, yeah. <laughs> How do you say it in Luxembourgish? Oh my god, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, so, does, does uh, yeah, the, I forgot. Does the concept not exist? It does. <laughs> I mean, we don't have a C, but it still does. I completely forgot, and to be fair, I forgot in French as well right now. But probably because I didn't see it. I was on the other side, and everyone was like on the other side of the boat looking at it, and I was just like, you know, not getting any better. And we stayed for like 15 minutes, and maybe 20 seconds before we left, I just. Bleh! Or uh, into the ocean, that poor turtle like mm. probably had a little taste of my lunch, but might have liked it. Might have liked it. I got I went Burn diving, plastic. hung over in um, in Thailand, and came out the the side of my regulator. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> out the side, and then you had to you know you purge it, yeah. push the button, that sent it out, and there were fish just. <laughs> yeah. That was awful. Probably I'm, quite acidic as well because of what you drank or something. Yeah, <laughs> probably they're probably all jacked off the off the latent <laughs> Red Bull in the system. Oh yeah, the Red Bull out there. Jeez, Ed, what's um? When did you last? Uh, oh yeah, well, shit your pants. I need uh, Uzbekistan. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't actually shit my pants. I said the words. <laughs> I'm gonna shit myself. And that really scared my friend. But I didn't. So we were driving. It was like probably 2 a.m. or something like that. Uh, obviously dark. Um, and it was three of us. Isaac was in the back. And he was sleeping. And I was driving. Sam was in the passenger seat trying to keep me awake, basically just chatting. And um, he was telling me this really nice story about his uh, auntie just traveling across Australia. It was really nice, really, like, heartwarming story and while he was saying a story I was just feeling you know some, something's brewing down there and we had lunch earlier that didn't really sit well so, so I knew was something was coming it was it really good tasted so good but it didn't really agree with me and I was just really feeling it so I thought you know what we agreed to like stop in about 30 minutes with, with another car and I just thought, I'm 30 minutes, I can definitely do that. Maybe two minutes later, <laughs> I have to just like pull over. I just stop on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, open the door as I like pull the handbrake, put my first foot and say, I'm going to shit myself. And then two seconds later, I say, I have shot myself because I thought I did. But I managed to just jump in the ditch, like everything in the same motion, like pull the handbrake, open the door, unfasten the seatbelt, jump, pull my trousers down, like everything in the same movement, just shot right there in the ditch. And it was not a nice shit. It was horrible. But it doesn't count as shitting yourself. I don't know. Because I That's didn't, my enough. clothes were clean. Oh, okay. Oh, in that case, no. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, well, that's good. Don't know how else to wrap this up, apart from uh, enjoy your poos. Stay safe. Don't do it on a grave. Yeah. Uh, don't do it outside a stranger's house either <laughs> and don't do it on yourself <laughs> do it on your loved ones <laughs>
<laughs> All right, good. and I guess that's uh, we will bid you adieu. What's what's um next week's theme? Are we gonna are we gonna have a, oh yeah, we're we gonna do themes. Have we worked this out yet? Have yeah, we talked I about think so. it. Yeah, well, we were gonna talk about specific countries, and then if we had another idea, then we'd come up with another idea. But countries, yeah, we talk talk. There was talk of Russia. We've all got experience in Russia. Let's do Russia's Russia. Good. Russia yeah. next week. See you next week. Das for Daniel, mother. That's for Daniel. Make sure to subscribe and follow and do the things. That's what they do. Follow and click and subscribe. Like them. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you visit Arizona... Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.